welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. If you've ever wondered if you should put your pricing on your website as a service provider business, then this is the podcast for you. We're also going to talk about a whole of other sticky questions around brand clarity on your website and why it's so important to get it right with our guest today. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and Hayley Maxwell is joining me today to help you walk through all the important bits and pieces that you need to think about when writing your copy for your website. Hayley Maxwell is a brand clarity messaging coach and copywriter. She's a ferocious ice cream eater and leopard print lover, which we do talk about in the podcast. And she does get those things squiggled up a bit and doesn't know which one of those things is most important. She has been working with her skills since the early 2000s, helping in government, charities and global corporations. And now she works primarily with small businesses and especially talented businesswomen to master their message. She wants to help people make it clear and easy for people to create copy that increase leads and help make sales simpler, which I am all about because I'm all about making sales simpler. Hayley's got strong feelings around the importance of pricing and she is why it's super important to have it on your website. She's also going to explain to us why we shouldn't be afraid of the word I, walks us through some of the common barriers we can put up when writing our website copy and what we need to do to get it working better. We often spend so much time focused on our social media and all that other stuff. But if we don't get our website right and get it attracting the eye of the people who haven't met us, we need to do that first. Haley's going to show us why it's so important to get that website messaging right first and make all that hard marketing work that you're doing get you the dividends that you deserve. Let's start. Hi, and welcome to the Map It Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and we have a lovely guest for you today. I've already introduced you into the introduction, but Hayley Maxwell, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's awesome to be here. Now, I'm going to get you to talk about who you are and, and why you're on the show. Do you know why you're on the show? Do I know where to talk about yeah. copywriting, of course? Yes, exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite topics. <laughs> I just want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. If this is your first time, I really hope you enjoy this. I know Hayley's going to be great. And if you do enjoy the show, um, please do remember to hit subscribe to listen to some more episodes and go and have a listen to some of our back episodes. And I do also just want to say a big thank you to all our regular listeners. I didn't mention this uh, when it happened because I'm supremely disorganized with these things and I'm, I'm terrible about talking about landmarks and and hitting things but we hit 10,000 downloads a couple of weeks ago and Ooh. I am just so excited by that because it means that I know that people are listening um so thank you to everyone that has listened if you are loving the show please do remember to go and give us a review because it helps other people trust it as well and make sure that they don't know that it's a weirdo or possibly is a weirdo but a weirdo that you like uh talking about marketing Right, with no further ado, Hayley, welcome again. Thank you very much, and congratulations to you on your 10,000 downloads. That's awesome. I know, and I thought it was going to hit in episode 50, like I'd calculated, but it was actually episode 44, or might have been 43, so I was actually kind of excited that it happened, you know, I was like, oh, that's so exciting. Um, and it's I think like you know like downloads or any of those they're kind of vanity metrics for me like I don't always look at those things it's like how many Instagram followers you have but I do think it's good 
just, you know, for us and podcasts, you've got your own podcast. They take a lot of effort. They take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And to know that it's hitting a chord and that people are listening and subscribing and enjoying it makes you go, oh, cool, I'm heading in the right direction. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's the vanity metrics, but I think there is also something really powerful in knowing that people are actually consuming your your content. And so knowing that actually you've had that many listens, I think is, you know, is a really good thing to kind of hold on to because you know that you're doing, you know, you're doing good. You're doing the right, right thing, heading in the right yeah. direction. I actually, before we jump in, because I'm going to ask you in a minute about you, and I really want us to find out a bit more about you and how you <laughs> but I think one of the things that I heard I heard a podcast before I started this one I've, I've had another podcast that was tremendously unsuccessful um and before this podcast I was listening to another podcast to Angela Henderson who's also a female business coach and she was being interviewed on a podcast and someone said to her um imagine you going and being in a, and speaking at a conference and every week 250 people are listening to you what would you pay for that or what opportunity? And, and to me, that's how I see podcasting is that I love speaking. I think you do too. And the opportunity to stand in front of a whole of people, albeit on a podcast and talk, you know, as a marketing tool, but also as just a deep pleasure is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I th- and that's a really good point, isn't it? When you go, okay, I've had, you know, 10,000 downloads. That's however many people who are consuming my content that maybe I wouldn't have even reached if I didn't have this particular platform that I was using to spread my message. So, yeah, I think that's And, and before we do jump in, check been saying that, but you've got a podcast too, and you don't tell everyone what the name of your podcast is right now. So they can go yes. and click, click, Love click to. This. keep listening, everyone, but go and get it, subscribe <laughs> to it, and then you can come back. Um, yeah, exactly. Don't switch over yet. <laughs> don't switch over yet. No, what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, so the name of my podcast is The Fierce Impact Podcast, obviously with me. So, yeah. And I think, yes, yes, exactly. I'm fierce, (laughs) very shyly fierce, but yeah, that kind of brings the the courage out of me and that sort of thing. Deep fears. Yeah, exactly. Have you read um, Unsmitted Untamed book? Part of it, not all the way through, part of it a a wee while ago now. Um, Yeah. Because she's, she's all about the untamed fierce, be a cheater person. Oh yes, she is actually. Yeah, I remember now. You were saying about yeah that the cheater and about how the the cheater in the cage and mm. and you know her her kind of metaphor. I think in her analogy. She spoke about that, didn't she? So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have to go back and revisit that actually. It would be quite good for you in terms of your messaging, right? Like because it's that kind of thing. Yeah. But you're not. You don't do cheater. You're more like a leopard, right? More like a leopard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so without further ado, Hayley, it is so nice having you on, and and I, it's nice because we actually recorded a podcast for your podcast last week. So this is two weeks in a we row did. chat. Um, <laughs> you, in terms of where you've been, like how at the moment now, like you, your job is to uh, work, you work in copywriting and email writing and website copy, and that main thing is getting that brand story right. And you've got courses, and we'll talk about that. But how did you get to here? Yeah, gosh. Um, well, it all began and, you know, I won't go back to how long, but yeah, no, we'll skip past that. Um, so essentially, I have been writing and in communications for 
the whole of my career so even you know back in um, university I started out with public relations and media studies and then really worked in a communications role so I've always had that really um, focused um, I guess I've always had that that real concentration on written written communication and helping organizations to communicate whatever it is that they are doing and they're working whatever their purpose is helping them to sort of get that out into the world and so whether that's been for you know national organizations or government agencies or small business owners really that whole thread of communicating for for people and helping them to build their reputation and clarify their brand and really focus on what their message is um, that's that's been kind of the one constant throughout every single thing that I've I've done um, through all the organizations that I've worked for and then initially I started my own business uh will be 11 years ago this year gosh time flies <laughs> and um and that was really as a result of you know I had my first daughter and I was at the time I was working at a PR agency and I actually didn't want to go back to PR agency land it wasn't not the right fit friendly. for me it's quite hard. not family friendly yeah. exactly so I just I wanted to sort of go out and do my own thing and um, and it just sort of went from there and so then obviously I started working with organizations that really wanted communication strategies um, and communication plans and their story being told and obviously a big component of that was writing stories and you know the copywriting side of things and so just over time I've naturally kind of niched down and niched down and niched down to really just focus on that yeah that brand strategy and clarity side of things and messaging and then obviously the the copywriting side of things specifically websites and um, email sequences. Because one of the things that I think is really important with your story that I know a lot of people do is that there is quite a mind shift and a move between corporate life and the corporate mm -hmm. conversations and then working with solopreneurs or small business owners, isn't there? There's a huge mind shift. There's a few things like corporate, um, just corporates expect a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, for example. So even in PR, because the prices are higher, you're more likely to do a whole lot of meetings, but you can't sustain doing a whole lot of one-to-one -one meetings in terms of sales if you're selling to solopreneurs and small business owners. No, exactly. And you know what? I think a lot of the time that in corporate, when you you're, you spend in meetings, I think actually could be be shortened a whole lot email. more and could be, yeah, could be more, much more. There are many more effective ways of communicating. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, when I was working in corporate, there we didn't have so much of you know video conferencing and, and things like that you know so it's um yeah obviously you know things have changed over this last decade quite a bit but yeah I think that the need to have kind of long long meetings isn't something that actually we really need to to be doing too much of I think it's just ends up with people just you know wasting a whole lot of lot of time and I think one of the other big differences, because uh, I've, I've, as a strategist, I've worked with quite a lot of people in corporate who do what you used to do, but like in corporate. And I think one of the big changes that happen, and that's something I always warn people when they get our strategies, is we're not writing a corporate marketing strategy. It doesn't have beautiful graphs and it doesn't have all the frills. 
Um, but I'm also not spending five days immersed in your business to write that strategy. Whereas if you were writing a marketing strategy for a corporate, you might go in and spend weeks with lots of face-to-face meetings with, would use the word stakeholders, which I use, but, you know, I still go, what does that mean? You know, and all those things. And I imagine for you, there's been quite a big shift from writing a brand story or a business story or an organization story where you're probably doing lots of post-it notes and situations and meetings and putting things together and all that sort of thing. And now it is, um, I'm, I'm going to use the phrase down and dirty, but I don't mean it in a negative way, but it is a, it's a simpler and more streamlined process, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is very, when I kind of reflect back on that, it is very different now. So the process that I go through with clients now to kind of immerse myself in, in their business um, versus, you know, the processes that I went through when I was in, in corporate mm. um, are quite, are quite different. I think that, yeah, I think that, and I've just forgotten what I was going to say. It's just completely gone out of my head. You think, I mean, you're obviously bringing those skills in from corporate, like you're bringing in all that knowledge, but it's partly, I think, because you're talking to the decision maker, aren't you, when you're doing something with a business owner, they yep. can say yes or no or tell you directly. It's easier to get that message straight quickly. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the big things because I think, yeah, when you're working within kind of a corporate environment, there are often so many people that a piece of work has to go through before it can actually come out the other end and is allowed out into the world, for example. And so, you know, that means that some some piece of work can take, you know, many, many iterations to get right because everyone feels like they need to have their say and everyone is obviously has different opinions and perspectives. And so that can change it all quite a lot. And also what I used to find, particularly in corporate, was because there were so many people, because it was kind of, you know, management by committee, essentially, what would happen is that sometimes it could very easily lose the reason for for being so for example if it's story or if it's you know some form of copywriting um, or it's you know some kind of strategy actually the person at the end so the end user for example um, often gets forgotten about Mm -hmm. within that that corporate process because everyone wants to put their spin on whatever it is that you're creating everyone wants to have their their sort of say about it and so it can very easily sort of more into something actually that isn't you know unless you keep really sort of tight controls on, on it along the way and are always saying okay well what does this mean for our customer um, it can lose its lose its way whereas actually when you're working one-to-one you're there and you're able to keep that more at the forefront of everything that you're you're doing and you're able to almost you know guide for example I'm able to guide my clients through that process and ask those questions what does this mean for your client how are they feeling at this point um so I think it's a lot easier to to go through those those specific processes with um solopreneurs or small businesses yeah, and I, I I really like that. Now, I've got a couple of questions I want to ask about copywriting just from things I lifted off your website. And I know you freaked out when I told you about but all good. But I do have a question <laughs> about that that I just was thinking about. So I've had a bit of a run of, of clients. I, I actually, you and I probably work with some people that are kind of similar sizes as well. But I've had a bit of a run of um, clients who are, are 
like an octopus. They have like four or five different strands to their business and they don't always connect. And I think one of the things is, is it's like those corporate ones where there's this temptation, isn't there, in copy to try and um, I always say it's giving up everything on the first date where you feel like you've got it on your website copy, tell everybody everything on that front page or in your website actually at all. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that's the same? Do you feel that you need to tell people everything on that website? Or do you think that we need to be a lot more streamlined in our messaging? Yeah, no, I don't think that we need to tell every, everyone everything. I think that we need to be very selective and thoughtful and strategic about what we're actually sharing, for example, on, on a website, because the idea of the website is to really give your ideal client that first glimpse into you and who you are and your personality but also to let them know how you can help them and that doesn't mean bombarding them with every single service offering that you have so really you need to think about things like you know the the services that you love delivering the most or that entry point um, for services that are then going to enable to, the clients to, to work with you on, on sort of a main piece of work. And then behind the scenes, you might have a suite of other services that you then offer to that client, but you might not necessarily showcase those all on your website. So it actually provides more of a streamlined pathway that you can take clients through. And I know that that makes people feel sort of a bit, you know, what, don't put everything on, but what happens if someone comes and they want X, Y, and Z? You know, I think it's it's about actually letting people know, you know, who you are and, and what you do, um, showcasing, you know, your core services, your core packages. Um, and then people will often anyway reach out to you and say, look, if, if they like your style, if they like your vibe and personality and they think you're a good fit, they might reach out to you anyway and say, hey, look, I see you offer this. Do you do X, Y and Z? And that and that happens to me quite often is people will will come to me um, and they will ask, you know, I, I'm really, I want to, you know, have a sales page written. Uh, do you write sales pages? And so, yes, I do write sales pages, but I don't necessarily advertise that all over my website. I focus on a few core packages. Um, and then from behind the scenes, I can talk to specific people about their, their own needs. Yeah. Because I think, um, I, I tell a similar story around that. We used to have a 65-page website. This is not counting the blog. And we had everything on it. And when we changed what we were doing about four or five years ago, we went down to a three-page plus blog website. I think it's now four pages. Um, but immediately, we started getting more leads. And we, we always say, when I'm trying to explain to people, we're a strategy-first business. That's the first port of call. So like if people go anywhere else, that's where they come in. And if they don't convert on that or the other stuff, it doesn't matter. And I, I think it's, mm -hmm. it's a brave thing to do. But what I found is you just, you, it makes it easier. You, our website used to have a very low bounce rate, um, which means, you know, for people who are listening, don't know what that means, coming off our website. And the average time people used to spend on our website was over 10 minutes long. And they used to sit there and read for hours. And then they, it was like the warehouse, they'd forget to go off the website. Uh, but yeah. forget to take action. They'd go off the website and then go, oops, I don't know yeah. why I was there. It was like a mecca for the easily distracted. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think that's really important. Now, you have two things on your website that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I'll do the easiest one first. Um, so 
I did notice, and I've just recently doing it, and I did check because I wanted to know if you did it, um, and it's made a difference to us. You have your pricing on your website. I do, yes. You want to talk about that? Because a lot of people are worried if you're a service provider about putting pricing on. And LCS starts from, because we have a range, but you have clear pricing. Do you believe? Do you think that we should be putting pricing on websites? My belief is that yes, we should. Um, I feel quite strongly about this. Um, and that is because at the end of the day, we are, we're, we're a business, we are service providers, we're there to serve our clients or people who are interested in our services. Um, and just because we're not a product-based business doesn't mean that we shouldn't assign prices to the services that we offer. So the way I talk about this is that if you were to go into a shop and you were looking around and you find, you know, a few things that you really like and you're just not quite sure whether you can afford them and you, you look at them and you're sort of like, well, there's no price on them. I can't find the price anywhere. And you sort of look around the shop and you can't see a shop assistant anywhere and you kind of wait for a bit and you just, you, you know, the shop assistants maybe turns up, but it's too busy to help you. Then what are you going to do? Mm. You're likely to put those things down, particularly if you're in a, in a rush or you're wanting to find a solution to your problem um, and you're going to walk out the door. And in the case of service-based businesses, it's a case of it's as easy as someone opening up another tab and searching in Google. So if you're not showing prices, if you're not indicating where your price points start, then what happens is people will easily just switch on over and they will look for someone else that actually does tell them and feeds that it's that instant gratification piece. So when we're looking for something, when we've got a problem and we find a solution that really fits us and we think, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds exactly what I need. We don't want to have to pick up a phone, pick up the phone and ask. We don't really want to have to email people to ask because there is also that piece of you know, if I get on the phone with someone, if I send an email, am I going to be bombarded with emails? Yeah. And I know that traditional advice, traditional sales advice, I say that with, you know, air quotes, is that you always withhold your prices, you know, in a service-based business. And I've talked clients through this before because they very much had that mindset around, I can't show my prices on a website because I need to get people on, on the call. And what I always say to them is that, you know, it's actually my view is, is that withholding prices is not respectful to your audience. It's not respectful to the ideal client. It's actually all about you. So withholding those prices is all about you because you're wanting to get people onto a call with you so that you have got a higher probability of potentially converting that person. But what happens is that actually makes people get onto a call and they may not feel like they can say no, you know, or, you know, in that time, depending on whatever's going on for them. So there are a whole lot of other reasons why, you know, then once you've got someone on that call, it's then, you know, they feel like, oh, too embarrassed to say no on the call or that kind of thing. So 
my view is that actually putting the pricing on your website is all about making the journey for your your visitor your website visitor as frictionless as possible um you know when they are looking to work with someone and also certainly what i found and what other people have have found that i've worked with is that when you actually do that you are also indicating you know, the level of budget that someone needs to spend to work with you. And so what happens is, is if they see the price and they think, I, I can't realistically invest in that, that's okay. You know, either they can say, right, well, now I know how much it's going to be, I'm going to save towards this. Or, you know, if they can financially afford it, then yes, that's right for them. And they get in touch to see about working with you. But if, if it's not, if that budget isn't for them, then it means that they're not going to get in, in touch with you, which is actually, you know, a good thing for us because it saves us time. You know, it saves huge amounts of time being on those discovery calls and things like that. So, but it's also about, again, respecting that other person's time, because if you you get them on a call and you're talking to them and then you get to the point where you tell them the price and there's not a fit well you've yeah. wasted their time as well so again yeah. it's thinking always about your user the visitor the ideal client and and really using your copy to attract and repel the, the right people so yeah that's my little round about oh, no, I, think, on I think it's good like we tossed up <laughs> ages because as they say you know our lowest strategy is 3995 and then it goes up because it depends on the complexity of the business and I really didn't want to go it's 3995 and then say to someone hey actually yours is six and a half k because you've got a much bigger business with all these departments and things going on and so I really struggled with it but what I found was we were already getting a really high conversion rate from our website mainly because the people coming to it already had like a I guess like a trust built in our marketing but by just adding that from 3995, yeah. we stopped getting people who couldn't afford to work with us. Um, they Absolutely. knew they couldn't work with us. And we have options for people who can't afford to work one-on-one with us, which is also yeah. important. But I think that did make a big difference. It was the only thing that I changed on the website and almost overnight it made a difference. Um, it means that our, our sale to our, our sales meeting to sale conversion rate was much higher because really the, the price wasn't there. And sometimes people would email and say, hi, I've been on your website. I've seen how much you are. I can't afford you at the moment, but I'm just letting you know I'm saving up. Would you like me to meet you now or in three months time? And so it definitely does make a difference having that there. And you know, I am someone who really was nervous about putting pricing on because I, um, I, don't, I don't believe in doing a hard sell sales meeting either. I'm very soft sell in sales meetings, but I didn't want to, I just didn't want to give someone a price that wasn't accurate it was more from that perspective but mm-hmm. even being if, if you don't have set prices even doing from is enough yep. and that's exactly what I say yeah and that's what I say I say you know if you are someone that needs to provide a quote to a client you yeah. know if there are lots of elements that you need to change just put a you know, have a starting from price. If you have packages, that's that's a lot easier. And the other option is is that you can also put you know a, a pricing guide, and you can have that as a, a download available. So people are obviously signing up via email as well. And so and I've tried that, and and you know that has worked as well. But then I also decide, and I had a starting from on my email for opt-in form so people could see before they opted in that actually this is 
the, the baseline for the prices. So it's all about that transparency, really. And just a, a point that you were talking about, you know, about that on sales calls, that, that sort of soft sell. Well, when you have taken the price out of the equation, because people know what to expect, it means that when you are on a discovery call, a sales call, you're not focused and thinking on having to do a hard sell mm. because that that hard part that so many of us find difficult to talk about, the money side, um, has already been partly removed. They're knowing what to expect. And so it means that you can spend that time on that call having a, a conversation with them, getting to know them, getting to make and making sure that they are going to be the right fit for you and that you're going to be the right fit for them rather than thinking in your mind, I've got to go through this particular script and then I need to raise the price and find the right moment. So it actually becomes a lot more of a joyful process and an open, respectful process. And then it's really just a point of sort of saying, hey, you know, um, this this is the price, you know, you've already will have seen my price and, you know, go, and go from go from there. So it's about giving people the agency to make really informed decisions in a non-pressured, yeah. non-pressured way. And I think that that is the whole point of having great copy, isn't it? As is you're filtering all the time, you're filtering on price, you're filtering on target market, you're filtering on whether they like your face, mm. Sometimes I remember doing yeah. a speaking at an event and I had assessments and stuff like that. And um, most people said that they really liked it and everything like that. It was a group of women um, in a business. Um, and I got a four out of 10, which was my lowest score pretty much ever from anyone besides at a conference where someone said they were hungry and that's why they gave me a low score. And the <laughs> gave me a low score because she did not like my hair and she did not like my boots. And right. it's a real reminder that, you know, the more we show as ourselves on our websites, mm. the better we filter out the people who don't like the way that we look or appear. And, and I, so it is really, it is important to have that. So I had another question for you. Um, I did find it interesting um, and it's, it's, I'm just curious about it because I feel like you've got all that experience and you've got those, but you have specifically targeted female entrepreneurs. Yes. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I think it's, Again, it's that process of evolvement that we kind of go through with, with businesses. And I think it's just this, I feel really strongly about supporting other females in business to get their message out and to share their message with, with the world. And I think, um, you know, we are all, particularly women, are faced with a certain set of, of challenges. Um, you know, we're often like the, the primary caregiver and we're only working school hours. And so I think that it's really important for us to be able to really clearly articulate our message and the value that we provide to, you know, to our clients in a really uh, powerful way so that we can connect more easily and quickly and you know all of that good stuff with with the people that we're really wanting to to work with so it's really about helping I guess helping other women so it's, it's that empathy piece you know it's the empathy and understanding that I have for sort of other women in business um, about you know helping them to get their voice out there because it's it's something that so many women 
struggle to to do is to actually say I want to I want to be more me in my copy but I I don't know how to or I don't know if I'm brave enough to or maybe I'm not confident enough to do that and so really it's about as much about coaching that side of um, it to come out you know in the women that I work with as it is about the the messaging piece and the, the copywriting piece that I do with them and I just yeah I just really love being able to use my skills in that particular way to help people kind of come out of their their den come out of hiding essentially and kind of roar that that powerful message they've got because you know I and I say it on my website and it's one of my core messages but you know I really believe that you know when you've got the right words it will make you fierce because you will feel so much more confident to get out there and talk about what you do um and that really draws people to you when they can see that you're fully confident in your message and in what you're sharing with people that that attracts people like nobody's business. You know, that's a, a highly attractive thing when you feel like someone really, really passionately believes in what they're sharing. So, yeah, it's been that that process of involvement and just leaning into where I feel most comfortable and where I feel like I can make the the biggest biggest difference yeah do you feel like because I'm I'm fascinated about it because my youngest is 16 um I have um I didn't I'm kind of in a different space a lot of other people that focus on female entrepreneurs so I'm finding it I've always found it really fascinating um because it is a great market and it's a really great niche place and there's a great opportunity to work in collab and work in community with people but do you feel for your, you that that is your forever place? Do you think you might evolve from that? And I'm not saying evolve as in a way that mm. it's not good now, but do you think that's partly because that's the time and place that your life is in at the moment yourself too? And that it would evolve? Yeah. That's, that's that a really good evolve? question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I never say never to, to, you know, to anything really. So um, that's, a, it's actually a really hard question for me to answer. I think at the moment, I just, this is what I really, really yeah. enjoy doing and really love doing. And do I work with other types of organizations as well? Yes, I do. You know, again, it's not necessarily something that I'm, I'm highlighting. Mm -hmm. So there are other organizations that I, you know, help and support. Um, so I think it's really just comes down to thinking really carefully about what what lights you up the most, what work do you really enjoy doing the most? Like if you're you're spending your time working all these hours, and let's let's be real, you know, when you have your own business, quite often you're working more hours than you would have if you were in an employed job. <laughs> or at least a contractor, you know, contractors we get paid exactly. out. And you and I both mm. have worked in I'm imagining in, co in con contract for corporate and PR and things like that. And it yeah. truly is every hour you work, you get paid for. Mm. Business isn't the same. No, exactly. I think so. So I think it's about really sitting down and saying, yeah, this is 
this is absolutely where I am in my life at the moment. This is the work that really lights me up. You know, if I was to spend, you know, all the time doing the kind of work that I really enjoy doing so that it makes all this hard work and effort, you know, worth it, then what does that work look like? Who are the people that I really want to to be supporting at this time? And that's not to say that I don't want to support the other clients that I work with, because I absolutely do. But I think that for me, it also... It feeds them. Yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. And so it also comes down to that that niching piece as well. And so typically the women that, you know, I really enjoy working with and the ones that I actually am working with, you know, more and more are the ones that actually have a purpose behind what they are doing. So they're very purpose-driven, mission-driven. And team um, businesses. And yeah, they have a yeah. real intent or a real message that's important to share in the world. And so, and that's why I'm so passionate about getting that out. It's like when I used to work, you know, in PR and, you know, I was working with, Um, government organizations and you know district health boards and things like that what I really wanted to be able to do was to be able to share the really good news Mm. that you know all the people working within the organizations were contributing towards I wanted to get those stories out Um, and but obviously from a media perspective they're wanting news and so really it was obviously a lot of the news that you're a lot of the work that we'd be dealing with and the story sharing would be around that slightly more um conflicted kind of piece you know it wasn't always about you know just getting the good word out there um whereas obviously now that's that's what I want to do is to be able to amplify people's voices and the good that they're doing in the world and to share their purpose so they can make that impact that they want to have and so you know that's another reason why my podcast is called Fierce Impact is because I'm really wanting to help people to become more fierce to become more courageous to get their voice and their personality out there so that they can share their purpose and and being and a mission with the with the world so they can make that that kind of impact piece but I'm quite interested about the whole um fact that you've niched to women's entrepreneurship and female entrepreneurs and because of the fact that that's because it lights you up because actually that's what you're doing isn't it when you're trying to get people to find out their own brand story is I'm assuming what you're trying to do is find out that secret thing that lights them up and be able to convey that on their website. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's that's certainly one, one part of it is, you know, what is it that drives them? You know, why do they why do they do this, you know, day in, day out? Why is it important, not just to them, but actually why is it important to the people that they're here to help and to serve? excuse me and so I think that yeah it's just really helping people to be able to communicate that in a really effective articulate way is yeah is just a a big big piece of of what I do so it's pulling all those threads of their story out Mm. but also looking really closely at you know what their their values are and you know what their personality really is you know truly is um and pulling those threads out as well so that they really come through in their their copy because particularly if you have worked in a corporate environment the way that people write 
often in a corporate environment. And I know that you've had a conversation with Shelley Davis about yes. this as well, which was yes. a fabulous episode as well. Um, is that it actually, you know, we're trained to kind of write in this really corporate stiff mm. way. And so when we come out of corporate and we're in, you know, our own business, then it can be really difficult to get past writing in that really stiff, formal way. And that doesn't let our personality shine, shine through. So it's, it's, you know, it's all of those pieces that you were just talking about. It's pulling out all of those threads, like their story and their purpose and their values and their personality and making sure that that all sort of comes through um, in obviously the written written form for them as well because I I do think so you you've talked a little bit about showing their values showing their passion or what lights them up we've talked about putting pricing in uh, we've talked about niching being brave to niche because you're doing that mm -hmm. so you're modeling that as well which I think is really awesome um, and is yeah it's really great to see do you think also um, that with web copy um, that one of the things I think we I asked you about before we started the podcast I said I want to talk about is I know that you are a solopreneur you may have help sometimes but you're essentially a solopreneur and you don't use the word we on your website but I see a lot of small business owners who I know is just one saying we what do you think about that do you encourage them to use the word I yeah, so I always encourage them if if it is just them. So when we're writing website copy for them or, you know, if, if I'm coaching people to write copy, when it is just them as the core person in the business and if they've got no desire within a short time frame to sort of grow their business, then I say own it, own that I status. I agree. And yeah, and I think that... Again, my feeling is, is it almost does come back to that, that corporate thing. It's that wig. It's, it's almost feels like it's, it's a mindset piece because we think to ourselves, if I use the word we, it's going to make people feel like I'm more um, successful, more successful, yeah, yeah. more professional, that I'm bigger than, yeah, that I'm yeah. bigger than I am, yeah. all, all of those things. And so I think it's also that, that almost that safety piece. It's like, I can hide behind a we, but I can't hide behind an I, because if I'm using I, oh gosh, it really is just it's me. And from what I mean by that is from that bringing myself out as a brand perspective, when I start to use the word I, it means, oh, gosh, I've actually got to show up as as me and not as, you know, uh, a, the, you know, a brand, a, a more generic brand that is is kind of we. So she can I tell you a story about the the we thing um and back in the early days of identify a, new, a team member of mine told me a story about a PR company um in Auckland I'm not even going to say the suburb and she hired this quite a big place and there was only three of them but she filled the place with desks and she she put things on the different desks and what she'd say to she every time someone came in to visit she'd say, oh, sorry, everyone else is out on shoots and there'd only be one or two people in the, in the office. And it's always stuck with me because I think smoke and mirrors is something that we do mm -hmm. when we're scared to show people who we are. And it's so nice yeah. to just show people. And you, you can always change it to we if you grow. Like if you've got plans yeah. for growth, you can start with I and change to we. It doesn't change anything. No, exactly. And I, uh, again, I think it just comes down to 
owning what you do and owning this the the marvelous fact that you have built and created a business and that you are using your your skills and expertise to to help people and to support them through whatever it is that they're going through that you're actually able to help them to solve and you know so I always say you know completely own that because that's a really amazing thing to be able to 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 do to say that you have achieved you know this is absolutely you and so like I will tell people you know we have a team of eight and we're still quite small but there are people who will choose other people over us because they want a solopreneur and Mm -hmm. so don't hide it like people will seek out someone who is a solopreneur because that's who they want to work with they want to know that the person they're talking to is always going to be the owner and it's a plus so don't hide it you're actually hiding one of your biggest strengths Absolutely. And, and, you know, it works the other way too, because, you mm. know, if you're using we everywhere and you get on a call and someone says, okay, you know, so, you know, who else will be supporting me? And it is just you, yeah. you know, you're going to be very so quickly can let, yeah. uh, rabbit in headlights. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's awkward very quickly. So yeah. And, and it's also about, as I said before, it's about attracting and repelling the right people for you. And so if someone is actually looking for the support of a bigger team um, who that maybe has, you know, a range of different expertise, then as a solo business owner, then maybe you're not going to be right for them. And you know what, that is completely okay. You know, and, and vice versa, you know, someone might be, as you said, wanting to work with, you know, a, an individual and work on a really a, a deep level rather than sort of spreading themselves across uh, several people so mm. it works both ways but I, I really think it just comes back to being really transparent and upfront with you know the way that you're communicating your copy so that people actually know where they stand before they get in touch with with you and they can make that decision prior to even reaching out so you actually end up as I said before um not getting so many of the the wrong fit clients coming through to you. I love that. Now, Hayley, I think we could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, I've been making some notes and we talked about before around, you know, with podcasts, sometimes it goes in a different direction to your planning. And I've got like three things I want to talk about. Um, and I'm pleased that we've talked about on here that I wasn't expecting for us to make a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really passionate about. But if people want to get hold of you and they want to, I, I know you've got a course, you've got your podcast, which you mentioned earlier, and then they can also work with you one-to-one. Where would they go to find that information? Yeah, so they would go to my website, it's the best place. So that's um, hayleymaxwell.com. Um, and yeah, then I obviously I hang out on Instagram is normally where I am the most. I try and dabble in a bit of LinkedIn, but I'm not that great on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, so I am there as, as well. So really, those are kind of the, co- the core places for me. And obviously, the, the podcast as well. Awesome. And I'll pop all those in the show notes, too, so people have got an access to them. Um, and you do have a course, don't you? Is it a course where you're with them? It's a, is it a blended learning course? Or is it one that's just a DIY thing? Yeah, no, so it's actually, yeah, it's it's like a, it's a hybrid course. So essentially, it was bridging that gap that I saw between um, done for you copy versus, uh, versus, you know, just the kind of hands off sort of course. And it's specifically for writing your your website, because what I found was that 
when someone is trying to DIY their website, there are often times when they feel like, you know, banging their head against their, their desk. You know, we've all been there, even I as a copywriter, you know, when it's I'm trying to write my to own write copy, own. it's blooming hard. Yeah. <laughs> your own everything is the hardest, I think. Yeah, exactly. And so it was really looking at what was available out there and, and you know, finding out what it is that people, you know, really wanted help with. And it's those moments when you're writing your copy and you just don't know whether you're heading in the right direction or not, whether, um, you know, what you're writing is any good. And so it provides, you know, the whole outline for writing your website copy. But I also provide coaching sessions and access via, you know, email to me so that you can go, oh my God, I'm stuck. I just need some help. Does this make sense? Or can we hop on a call and could you review this page of my copy? So it was really about finding something that was going to really support people to get their website done. Because one of the biggest things I think for people when they're DIYing their copies, it can take so long. Well, um, because bad. they like, want I it to be so good. Bad, I see bad copy all the time. Yep. Know, talking about yourself all the time instead of the customer and all those sort of things so having Absolutely. someone to help you lead through that is really important and for those people I think one of those things is there is this tension for solopreneurs in particular of um, I can't afford I've got more time or more money mm. and so if they've got more time and less money it is a really great option I think it's good I'm gonna I'll make sure I put it in the show notes so thank you so much for being part of today it's been My really pleasure great. really enjoyed yeah it. it's been great oh, and you. I love I love the rant I <laughs> I don't know <laughs> trigger pattern is to ask you about pricing if I ever want you to start chatting about something <laughs> yeah I think that at the end of the day you know with things like copywriting you know whether it's emails or whether it's your website no matter what it is it's all about mm -hmm. asking yourself how you can help your reader to feel you know seen heard understood and respected mm. and so it's always all about coming at it from a place of empathy when you're writing any copy um so you know that's the biggest thing i would say to anyone who is is writing their own copy is to think about it from from those perspectives and ask yourself how you can stand in someone else's shoes um, in order to be able to make better decisions about the, the kinds of information and stories and messages that you share um, with the world about what you, you do. That's awesome. I loved it. Thanks so much, Heidi, for being part of this. And um, yeah, looking forward to having a good life. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. <laughs> It's always such a pleasure to work and talk with people like Hayley, who share so many of the same values that I do, but share it in a way that is refreshing and different and just from another point of view. So you don't have me harping on you all the time. Now, Hayley shared a few things that I want to go through with you just clearly here. The first is definitely really think about putting pricing on your website if you haven't before. Um, well, I loved all the reasons that she gave and we actually planned to be talking about something completely different, but this, this podcast definitely went down that place and I think that's really important. Have a look at how complicated your website is and whether you've got it really clear. We want to make sure that things are easy for people to get ready. We also want to talk about the I word. Make sure that if you're a solopreneur that you feel comfortable using the I word. That's so important. 
and make sure that when you're doing your copy that it's really representing who you're talking to. Be brave to tell people the people that you work with. Be brave to tell people who you want to work with best. As Hayley says, it doesn't mean that you won't work with other sorts of people, but it will mean that you'll get that targeted group of people that you're working with. Have a look at your website this week. See what it's doing. Is it doing all those things? And do you need to make some tweaks? Your website copy is so important. So have a look. And if you need extra help, go and talk to Hayley. She's got a great system. She can help you and support you. Next week, we're talking to Chris James. Chris James is a sales expert who I met on LinkedIn. He's from the UK and he has built a huge following. He does it as part of a side gig gig and side hustle alongside his day job working in a sales marketing blend for a large digital agency. He's got a lovely, fresh approach about how we manage sales in the marketing process. And it was so good. And it's a really good tie-in with what Hayley has talked about today. So be sure to tune into that. And if you've enjoyed the show, please do remember to rate and review so other people can understand and enjoy it. And remember, come along to our group, Map It Marketing, if you want to get more support and help in your marketing. See you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.